My name is Ann Bradley Thomas, and I will be facilitating praying the Psalms today electronically in place of meeting together on March 22nd due to the church closing for coronavirus. There has been a contemplative Sunday school class meeting in the Harlan prayer room since August 2019. This semester, we picked praying the Psalms as our focus to shape and form us, to speak to our hearts and minds, and to draw us to our Creator God. A lot of us have been blessed with a relatively easy lives until recently. I have found that it takes time, practice, and intention to deepen my faith in a loving God. For me, walking the labyrinth and praying the Psalms has been the spiritual practices that have helped me the most. We are all unique and find God in different ways. God is patiently waiting for you to turn your focus to love. Rest for a moment, reflecting on what you are seeking in silence today. If you have one, light a candle as a reminder that our goal is to interact with our Creator God, using the Psalms as a guide. If you get distracted today, you can look at the candle as a way to bring your focus back to God. To begin, find a comfortable position. Become aware of your body and your needs right now. If you're comfortable, you can close your eyes and turn your gaze inward. Take a few minutes to connect with your breath, to become connected to your inhale and your exhale. The rhythm of our breath is connection to release, the rhythm of inhale and ex exhale. Pay special attention to the exhale. Pay attention to how it feels to your body to release to this moment. As you exhale, let it be a conscious surrendering to the present moment of shedding what you don't need right now. Gently move your attention from your head to your heart center and rest there for a moment. Simply noticing what you're feeling right now without trying to, trying to change it. Make a space within to receive whatever is true within you right now without judgment. Then, becoming aware of the divine dwells in each of our hearts as an infinite source of compassion. Breathe in that compassion for yourself right now and from this heart center and compassion place. Spend a moment offering to God your own prayer.
Dear Creator of the Cosmos, I am comprised of so many parts from the history of my previous days, decisions, and experiences to the expectations I have for the future. The recent changes in the world have rocked my life to its foundation. My recent days have been filled with fear for my health, planning for extended stay at home, and absorbing the changes to my financial future. I spent more time watching the news than living my life. I focused on my circumstances instead of counting my blessings. I've spent more time in fear than in prayer. Let this practice today be a turning point for me to reorient myself to putting my spirituality at the top of the list. I am opening my heart to you. Search my heart, Lord. Replace my fear with love. Amen. This month we've been focusing on Lament Psalms. The theme for the month was picked because we're in the season of Lent. But now with all this happening in the world, a Lament Psalm seems more ever more a place to learn to pray. Richard Ward's post today was titled Richard Ward's post today was titled Practice Lamentations for the Time of Crisis. He wrote the following in his post. Intellectually responding to the coronavirus demands that we access resources of physical, emotional, and spiritual resilience. One, pra one practice Christianity has developed to nurture resilience is limitations. Prayers of lament arise in us when we sit and speak out to God and one another, stunned, sad, silenced by the tragedy and the absurdity of human events. Without this, we do not suffer the necessary pain of the world, the necessary sadness of being human. Today we will read the psalm three times, then you will have an extended silent time for reflection and prayer. Each reading will be from a different version. One will be from the NRSV, which you are used to reading. One will be from the Book of Common Prayer, which was translated so it could be used for reciting the psalms out loud or in a chant. The last version will be from Nan Merrill, which was written to be a companion to the Hebrew scripture of one age speaking to a later age. In War's post, he also had the following insights. In today's practice, Reverend Aaron Graham reflects on the elements found in the prayers of lament. I hope you will find his words as a way of voice your own complaints, requests, and trust in God who is always waiting to hear. We need to be reminded that our cries are not too much for God. God laments with us. In fact, God wants us to come to the divine presence in our anger, in our fear, in our loneliness, in our hurt, in our confusion. Each lamenting psalm has a structure. They begin with a complaint that things are not as they should be. They turn to a request, God, do something, rescue me, heal me, restore me, show mercy. Laments end with an expression of trust. Laments end with a reminder that God is setting things right, even though it often seems so slow. It is right for our laments to turn towards a reminder that God is in control and about the busyness of righting all things made wrong. Listen now to Psalm 90. It's a prayer for deliverance for national adversity. A prayer of Moses, the man of God. Lord, Thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. 
before the mountains were brought forth, or ever before thou hast formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. Thou turnest man back to the dust, and sayest, Turn back, O children of men, for a thousand years in thy sight, but are as yesterday when it is past, or as a watch in the night. Thou dost sweep men away, and they are like a dream, like grass which is renewed in the morning. In the morning it flourishes and is renewed, in the evening it fades and withers. For we are consumed by thy anger, by thy wrath, we are overwhelmed. Thou hast set our iniquities before thee, our secret sin in the light of thy countenance. For all our days pass away under the wrath, our years come to an end like a sigh. The years of our life are threescore and ten, or even by reason of strength fourscore. Yet their span is but toil and trouble. They are soon gone, and we fly away. Who considers the power of thy anger, and thy wrath according to the fear of thee? So teach us to number our days, that we, we may get a heart of wisdom. Return, O Lord, how long? Have pity on thy servants. Satisfy us in the morning with thy steadfast love, that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Make us glad as many days as thou hast afflicted us, and as many years as we have seen evil. Let thy work be manifest in thy servants, and in thy glorious power to the children. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us, and establish thou the work of our hands upon us. Yea, the work of our hands establish thou through it. Rest in silence for a minute before the next reading. I will now read from the Book of Common Prayer, and we will again rest in a short period of silence before the last reading. As you listen, keep the following insights from War's Post in mind. Walter Brueggemann, my favorite scripture teacher, points that out that even though one-third of the Psalms are Psalms of Lament, these have been the least used by Catholic and Protestant liturgies. We think they make us appear weak helpless and vulnerable, or show a lack of faith. So we quickly resort to praise and thanksgiving. We forget that Jesus called weeping a blessed state, Matthew 5, 5, and that only one book in the Bible is named after the emotion, Jer Jeremiah's Book of Lamentations. Lord, you have been our refuge from one generation to another. Before the mountains were brought forth, or the land and the earth were born, from age to age you are God. You turn us back to the dust and say, Go back, O child of earth. 
For a thousand years in your sight are like yesterday when it is past, and like a watch in the night. You sweep us away like a dream. We fade away suddenly like the grass. In the morning it is green and flourishes. In the evening it is dried up and withers. For we consumed away in your displeasure. We are afraid because of your wrathful indignation. Our inequities have been set before you and our secret sin in the light of your countenance. When you are angry, all our days are gone. We bring our years to the end like a sigh. The span of our life is seventy years, perhaps in strength even eighty. Yet the sum of them is but labor and sorrow, for they pass away quickly and we are gone. Who regards the power of your wrath? Who rightly fears your indignation? So teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. Return, O Lord, how long will you tarry? Be gracious to your servants. Satisfy us by your loving kindness in the morning. So shall we rejoice and be glad all the days of our life. Make us glad by the measure of the days that you have afflicted us, and the years in which we suffered adversity. Show your servants your works and your splendor to their children. May the graciousness of the Lord our God be upon us. Prosper the work of our hands. Prosper our handiwork. I will now read Nan Merrill's version, but this time we will rest in silence for six minutes. I will ring a bell halfway through the time. As you rest in silence with the words from the Psalms and from Nan Merrill, also reflect on Kathleen Norris's thoughts from her book, The Cloister Walk. She says the following about Psalm 90. It is good to fall back into silence after reading this psalm out loud to recall that it is a true prayer and that it leaves ultimate judgment to God, but it also forces us to recognize that calling for God's judgment can feel dangerously good. It became clear to me in the Benedictine liturgy that, as one sister explained, the enemies vilified in the cursing psalms are best seen as my own demons, not enemies out there. But she added, noting that the Psalms also resist an attempt to use them as superficial manner. You can't simply spiritualize all the enemies away. Eternal and Immortal One, you have been our refuge in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, before you had formed the earth and the world, from the everlasting to the everlasting, you are the Alpha and the Omega. When our days on earth are ended, you welcome us home to your heart, to the city of light, where time is eternal and days are not numbered. You gather those who love you as friends returning from a long journey, giving rest to their souls. You anoint them in the balm of understanding, healing wounds of the past.
For our days on earth are a mystery, a searching for you, a yearning for the great mystery to make itself known. The years pass, and soon the harvest is at hand, a time to reap the fruit of one's life. Who has lived with integrity? Who will reflect the light? Who can bear the radiant beams of love? Who have the reverence of the Counselor and open their hearts to the Spirit of Truth? Teach us, O Beloved, to honor each day that we may have a heart of wisdom. Awaken us, O Holy One. Too long we have been asleep. Have mercy on your people. Help us to wait in silence, listening for your gentle voice. Strengthen us with courage to face the fears within. Oh, that we might be converted in our hearts and walk together in peace and harmony. Let your love be known to the nations, your glory to the children's children. Let the grace and gentleness of the Holy Spirit be upon us, guiding our feet upon paths of love's consciousness. Increase the light within us. O oh, beloved, hear our prayers. Amen.
ask yourself, what did you hear God saying to you in the Psalms today? Where did you find God in the silence? I will close us the way Roar closed his post by using Psalm 22. Before I pray, ask God to speak to you. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? Oh my God, I cry by day and you do not answer, and by night I and by night, but I find no rest. Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel, and you our fathers trusted. They trusted, and you delivered them. To you they cried and were rescued, and you they trusted and were not put to shame. Psalm 22, 1-5 In the midst of having to communicate digitally, I also wanted to close our time together with a poem by John Donahue. It's a Celtic blessing for death, which I found comforting today. The poem is from his book, Anankara, a book of Celtic wisdom. Anankara is a phrase that refers to the Celtic concept of a soul friend. I have been blessed with three sacred friendships that I've made in the past few years with women at Idlewild. My life and my faith have been transformed by these friendships based on praying for each other. May we all strive to be an anamkara to each other in these trying times. A blessing for death. I pray that you will have a blessing of being consoled and sure about your own death. May you know in your soul that there is no time to be afraid. When your time comes, may you give every blessing and shelter that you need. May there be a beautiful welcome for you in the home that you are going to. You are you are not going somewhere strange. You are going back to the home that you never left. May you have a wonderful urgency to live your life to the full. May you live compassionately and creatively and transfigure everything that is negative within you and about you. When you come to die, may it be after a long life. May you be peaceful and happy and in the presence of those who really care for you. May your going be sheltered and your welcome assured. May your soul smile in the embrace of your Anamkara, or soul friend.